Welcome to Grace to All. I'm your host, Paul Gray. You've probably used the word grace, sang Amazing Grace, or said grace at a meal. But did you know that God's grace is way better than we can even imagine, and that you and all people already have an abundant supply of God's unlimited amazing grace? Today, we're going to hear the truth about God's amazing grace to all people. So, sit back, relax, and prepare to be inspired and awakened to the amazing treasures that you already possess. This is truth that you can handle. Hello again, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Grace to All with Paul Gray. And as I mentioned last time, we'd be back again, and we are. My friend Daryl Prophet is with me again, and I won't go through all of his information uh, telling you about him because I did that the last episode, and you can catch that. But we thought we would talk about in this episode our evolving understanding of forgiveness and uh, what sin is. And obviously, those are the theological questions, but they're, they're very practical things for our everyday life, because sometimes we just think, well, there's no way I can be forgiven for this or that, and so it's all over for me, that kind of stuff. So, welcome back, Daryl, for another edition. Well, thank you, Paul, for inviting me back. My pleasure. You mentioned in our last episode that you asked God for forgiveness for something, even though you knew that you didn't uh, have to. And I do that as well. But I've certainly come to the understanding I don't have to ask God for forgiveness. So before I throw my two cents in there, what's your understanding of that? And again, how is your understanding of God's forgiveness for us? How's that affected your relationship with other people? (laughs) That's a great, great question. Because if I truly am embraced by a loving God, which I believe I am, then it's incumbent upon me to fully embrace other people. And if God accepts me as I am, then guess what? I'm going to have to accept other people as they are. And that is a challenge because sometimes there are people out there that do mean things and ugly things. And for me to stand in judgment of them, for me to somehow not embrace them, I think that's where we run into problems. I don't, it doesn't send us to hell, but it it certainly ends up being a block to the blessings. And I think that's the key. So I, I believe that there's something incredible happened at the incarnation when Jesus becomes human. You remember that, um, and all of your listeners I know know this, that he doesn't look like God, he is God. And so something incredibly wonderful happens when he takes on the human, he doesn't just pretend that he's human, but he is, he, he embraces human nature. And so at the very ontological level, the very essence of being, who we are as humans has been changed. Yeah. Now, what's so cool about that is you just run with the story here a little bit, and then you, you realize the magnificence of this all. He becomes human, he lives as a human, and then he dies as both human and as God, and then he's resurrected. And then don't forget the ascension because that's key. The ascension, what he does is he takes what it means to be human into what it means to be God, forever changing the very essence of humanity. So we have the image of God. All human beings have the image of God, but it's more than the image of God. That divine spark lives in each one of us. 
And so the essence of humanity has been forever changed. And it wasn't like the father said, well, you know, we've tried all these other ways. So that hasn't worked out. Why don't you, Jesus, hey, son, won't you become human? And, and no, this was the plan all along. Yeah. And I think the whole story of the Old Testament seems to me to be a story of what happens when our essence hasn't changed. We're always going to wander from God. But now that our essence has changed, he has put something in us and we desire him because he is in us, in our very being, in our very essence. And so when I said I didn't need to ask for forgiveness because God forgiven me already. I mean, for God forgave me when he made me. I mean, God is so loving that he didn't this. You know, so many people have this wrong. They think that our life here and now is some sort of a test. And somehow if we don't ask for forgiveness, if you play this out just logically, then what that does is it gives us more power than God himself. When somebody ought to ask Jesus, ought to apologize to Jesus for dying for us because he didn't need to. <laughs> no, he did that in order for us to be with him. And so there is a unity between God and humanity now that we don't always see it because it is so marred still with bad choices. But God still doesn't give up on us. He keeps breaking through. And that's what he did for me. He just kept breaking through into my heart to remind me of his goodness and of his love. And I certainly don't have power over God. I mean, it's a little bit like some people believe, particularly some of our fundamentalist brothers and sisters, who they are, our brothers and sisters, and I love them dearly. But they somehow think that if you don't say the sinner's prayer, which is not in scripture, then you won't make it to heaven. Yeah. <laughs> well, that gives us more power than God. And it's not yeah. about that. It's our willingness and our desires, which he has put into force to help us understand and see his love. And it's by it's being embraced by that and then embracing others with that same love. Well, that's exactly right. And thinking about the whole power thing, most of us were taught that God is all powerful, meaning all-powerful until it comes to our eternity. It's like, gosh, you didn't get it right while you were here on earth, so I'm powerless to do anything now. <laughs> I think a lot of people's two favorite books of the Bible are first and second opinions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. And so, as I said last time we were talking, I think there's just so much for people to lose to embrace that all-powerful, all-inclusive love of God. I mean, it, it gets played out in so many different ways in our world today. And people who are rejecting other people of other faiths, people who, I mean, we've become such a, you know, so divided over our politics. And, you know, and we just totally reject other people who don't think exactly the way we do. And yet we have a God who somehow is able to embrace it all and able to share that love with all of us. And when you come to the realization, the experience of that, then it can't but change your heart. Well, that's absolutely true. And I think that the whole forgiveness thing, of course, the human concept of forgiveness is forgiveness for our sins, for things that we've done that are wrong, according to which abomination you belong to. It uh, could be going to the movies or going swimming with people of the opposite sex. <laughs> so my understanding the Greek word harmartia means it's like an archer shoots an arrow and it falls short of the mark. And Romans 3.23 says we, we've all sinned and fallen short of God's glory. Well, there are not two different Greek words there for sinned and fall short. It's 
only the one word, harmartia. And it's all falling short of. And I believe that the sin of the world that Jesus took away is mankind's falling short, not grasping God's nature and who God really is. That's what happened to Adam and Eve in the garden. They lost their perspective. They lost their correct mindset of who God really is. And so that whole mindset of thinking that God is separate and aloof and distant and we're in and others are out and uh, that whole thing, that's the sin of the world, not believing the truth about God. Well, Jesus took that away, as you just mentioned. He took that away on the cross. And depending on your perspective, took it away before the beginning of creation and because God's above time. So there's nothing to ask for forgiveness for. Now, we, we certainly have godly sorrow, as uh, Paul wrote in Second Corinthians 7.10, I think. We have godly sorrow when we do things that hurt ourselves and other people. But then he goes on to say that leads to repentance. That leads to changing your mind, changing your mind about what sin really is and experiencing a fresh cleansing of grace, and then you go on with no regret. But if you don't do that, if you keep that old mindset, leads to death. We need to be reminded that grace is the power to change. Law is not the power to change. <laughs> Law has and no if power. If you want an example of that, just think what all of us do when we get in the car. If the speed limit on the interstate says 65, guess what we're going to go? We're going to go <laughs> 70, right? Or if there's nobody at a four-way stop, we're not going to stop completely. Law doesn't cause any change. What causes change is grace. Grace causes change. And so in my opinion, I agree with you, the sin is missing the mark. And when I miss the mark is I don't love the way that I've been loved. And so I do feel that godly sorrow. But then I find a God who, who puts up with me even despite that. And I think one of the greatest examples that God has given me in, in recent months is I have a new puppy. I have two little dogs. They're King Charles Cavaliers. And you know what? That little puppy gets me up in the morning at four o'clock sometimes to go to the bathroom outside. And I'm, you know, I'm not real pleased about it, but I look at her and she's so full of delight. And I think that's the way God is with me. There are some things that I do that I, I'm not loving like I need to. I, I judge other people, but God doesn't give up on me. He looks at me with delight. And when I notice that, when I acknowledge that, guess what it does? It causes me to change. I yeah. want to be a better person. It's not because I'm earning anything. I don't, I don't need to earn anything. But what I'm doing is I want to be be like him. I want to be like God. You know, remember, I'm watching that uh, Michael Jordan documentary, you know, that old commercial, Be Like Mike. Yeah. You know, I want to be like God. Yeah. And to be like God, I'm always brought up short because I'm not there. And yet God continues to encourage me and says, well, here's another opportunity. Yeah. And if I'm paying attention and if I'm listening, then I tend to be a little bit more loving. Not because I'm afraid of being sent to hell or something or being punished is because I'm loved so much. I want to love so much. Yeah. I think of Second Corinthians 5, 14, the love of Christ compels us. We want to change. We want to be like him. And uh, there are just so many paradigm changes that, that I've had to go through and continue to. Yeah, it just changes your whole outlook on the entire world. Yeah, it does. It changes everything in a better way. So, Daryl, while you were still in the pastorate after your tragedy with Joseph, and you were starting to have this 
mindset change of uh, it's all about love and stuff. How was that received by the people in the pews when you talked about unconditional love and love wins? Yeah. Well, you know, surprisingly enough, partly because of my relationship with people, it didn't really change a whole lot. I think a lot of people were, you know, God bless them. They were hearts were for me. They knew I was hurting. You know, I, it, it just so happened that uh, shortly after Joseph's death, uh, Hurricane Harvey hit. And uh, I went through Hurricane Harvey with the church. And it just about put me under. I, I didn't, uh, you know, it, there's only so much tragedy one could see and, and experience, I think, without just being brought to one's knees. And I saw so many people suffering and people were good. You know, I served a, a wonderful church with a lot of wonderful people. I have to confess, though, that if I were to stand up and preach now, I would not cut any corners about God's love as I did once. And so uh, while they were very accepting and very loving, and I'm always be grateful for that, I, I had a few people who struggled a bit with it all. You know, there are people who, if your pastor loses a child, and you, you've experienced this, Paul, with the loss of your son-in-law, when a pastor loses a child, a, a son-in-law, a loved one, there are a lot of people out there that think that, well, you know, where's your faith? You know, just get over it. You know, you're going to see him again, which is certainly true. We're going to see him again, but, but there's a real grief that one has to go through. And so I think probably my church in Houston struggled with that more than anything else. Not, not about the grace of God. I mean, they were very interested that I could stand up and say to them, which I could and I did, that I wasn't angry at God that I didn't feel like God had abandoned me. I kept saying I was mad at the darkness that would snuff out such a beautiful light like Joseph. And I'm not so sure I'd even say that anymore, but they were good. They were pretty good. Good. Oh, that's wonderful. And so now you speak some at the church that you guys go to and you speak at sometimes uh, Supply Pulpit. Is that what you call it in the Episcopalian Church? Supply Supply Priest, uh uh-huh. Yeah. So what's your message now? (laughs) Well, like I said a little while ago, I asked the question, you're going to be okay if you find Judas in heaven, you know? (laughs) Uh, My message is, I think it's intriguing to some people, particularly when you're, you're speaking out of a place of woundedness. You know, and and grief is one of those things, as you know, grief is one of those things that one never gets over. As a pastor, working with people with grief, I used to say it's the hardest work you'll ever do. And it is because you don't want to snuff that out. But when your theology continues to tell you and your experience of God continues to tell you that God is good all the time, all the time God is good, even in the midst of tragedy like that, it has an effect on your relationships. It has an effect on your preaching, on your teaching, on everything in a very good and marvelous way. And I'm very thankful. I'm not thankful that Joseph is gone, but I'm thankful that God has used this to open up my heart in a bigger way towards his love. And then, as I said, the effect that has on my loving other people. Yeah. There's a, a wonderful song that uh, we sing at our church sometimes. I can't remember who that's it, by, but uh, the words are, I, I'm breathing in your grace and breathing out your praise. And uh, praise, gratitude, thankfulness. That's a great picture for me because every breath we take is from him. Uh, it's his breath that we're breathing in. And then take in all of his goodness and uh, response we we breathe out is praise and gratitude and thanks to him absolutely absolutely 
one of the things I love how God has revealed himself to us in the Old Testament, uh, the word for spirit is ruah, and ruah is breath. And that's how we're sustained. And uh, we're sustained because of God's breath. We breathe that in. That's God's spirit that we're breathing in. Yeah. And of course, he breathed the very breath of life into us. And I heard a neat teaching the other day about that, that Jesus, of course, Father, Son, Holy Spirit together, when they breathed out of them, their breath into us, they were breathing out of what was already in them, into us, that they were breathing the image and likeness of themselves out into us and continue to do that. And not just Daryl Prophet and Paul Gray and men of the cloth, uh, but <laughs> everybody. And gosh, that just, you know, I find myself, it's all too easy to, to judge people that, you know, we disagree with from in different things, whether, whether it's uh, theology or politics or sports or universities or whatever, still kind of hard for me to accept people who went to MU, but that's another story. Yeah, me, well, that, just because you know the truth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I, I'm joking about that because that's been one of the biggest changes, probably the biggest change for me. It's just seeing the divine, seeing Christ in everyone. And yeah, they may not be living like it right now, but sometimes I'm not either. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, you know, and again, it's how God has revealed himself to us or, or God's self to us in, in Trinity. And, you know, God didn't uncreate humanity because he needed something to do or that he <laughs> needed somebody to have a relationship with. God in his very essence of being is relationship. Someone once called the Trinity the eternal dance that is God. Paracresis. And I love that because yeah. there's, a, there's a relationship relational quality of God. And I think that's one of the things that we're creating as image is the desire for relationship. And so how, what kind of relationship is it when, when we hold things against one another, because they don't act the way we think they ought to act? What kind of relationship is it when there's, I mean, just think of a marriage relationship and say, I will love you only if you do these things. No, I love you unconditionally, God says, unconditionally. And because that's who he is. And that's the relationship he has with himself. And then he calls us to have that kind of relationship with other people. And one can only do that, only hope to do that, when one is embraced by that love so that one can embrace others. Yeah. You were talking about your puppies earlier. Dogs just seem to embody unconditional love. (laughs) Yeah. That I love looking at them. I think I'm not greater than God. God is great. (laughs) And God, if I can look at my little puppies with such grace filled eyes and heart brimming with love, just think of what God, how God looks at us, even in our mistakes, even when we struggle, even when our theology is wrong, He doesn't let go of us. No, He doesn't. He said to me a few months ago, He said, uh, Paul, I want you to think about how utterly foolish it is, and he didn't say this in a condemning way, for you to think that the goal of your teaching in your life is to get other people to believe the way you do, <laughs> which had been for the goal of my ministry. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, that's along the way, that's what I learned. That, that wasn't, that's not my job, you know, as a pastor. My job as a pastor is to share in a very transparent way 
and vulnerable way to share the grace of God that I've experienced in order for other people to be able to see through their own lens of their own lives that same grace. And so, and God's the one that causes the change. And to let go of all of that is to let go of, you know, I mean, in some ways, that's what I did when I quit, you know, official church ministry. And when I, when I stepped down, I said, I don't need to do this. This isn't that all I need to do is I need to continue to experience and to share in whatever way through my writing, through helping, you know, walking with others to share that grace that I, it's not about achievement. And I, and it used to all be about achievement, as I told you before, you know, I mean, it was all about church growth. I want to, you know, someone who's all based on achievement, tell them that they're the, they're serving the second fastest growing church in the country. And that just feeds into that illness. And, uh, <laughs> and it certainly fed into mine. I was in the I, remark. I had to let all go of that. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Darrell, our time's just about up. It's been a great discussion. And, and before we finish, how are you coming with your book? When do I get a copy? <laughs> well, you know, something intervened in the middle of all of this, and it's the COVID-19 thing. And, and so what... Is, is sort of going in a little bit of a different direction because I need I, I think I need to be able to be reflective about that as well. So I'm hoping to be done sometime soon. And uh, I promise you, you'll get the first copy. I can't wait. <laughs> I look forward to that. I want to thank you again, Daryl, for being with us for these two episodes and look forward to doing more things with you in the future. Thank you, Paul. I really appreciate your invitation. It's been a delight to share with you. Thank you. And thanks, everybody, for watching and listening to another episode of Grace to All with Paul Gray. Thank you for listening to Grace to All. For more about us, how we can serve you, and our special guest, please visit www.gracewithpaulgray.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode and to join our Facebook group, Grace to All, where you'll be inspired and awakened to more truth that you can handle.